Welcome to the Seed Together podcast. With your help joining our Patreon, we can keep making inspiring interviews possible. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our vision to help the Seed Together podcast continue. Aya Nassim is a surfer and scientist from the Maldives. She shares her story on caring for the sea and raising awareness for environmental issues in the Maldives with tourism and her passion for empowering women in surf. Hi, I'm Aya Nassim. I'm a marine biologist and I'm from the Maldives. And I also love surfing. Okay. Thank you so much, Aya, again for joining. And uh, first off, I just wanted to ask you if you could share a little bit about your relationship to the ocean growing up and how did you develop an interest in environmental stewardship? Uh, yeah, thank you for having me, Brie. Um, I, I, I've always been interested in the ocean. It's, um, I've been in it since I was, uh, since I can remember. And I remember the first time I went snorkeling when I was about five and it was at an uninhabited island and it was really untouched and it was just amazing. Like it was completely alive. I really remember it still. And I think it was just like from then I wanted to work in the ocean and be in the ocean. Yeah, I guess that's how it started. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Uh, Did your family kind of grow up in the ocean too? Yeah, I mean, we're surrounded by ocean. Like the Maldives is like 99% ocean and just 1% land. So it would be hard not to. But yeah, my parents were also um, around the ocean a lot and the islands traveling around a lot. So I got a lot of opportunity to to travel around to the islands. So that was nice. Awesome. And... What kind of led you to co-founding the Maldives Coral Institute? Um, Well, I had um, been, uh, the founder of the Coral Institute is our former president, Mohammed Nasheed, and I'd been working with him for a while because we had a lot of political issues in Maldives. And I was working as a marine biologist first, but uh, there was, uh, the government had been overthrown and ended up just going to work for, for that, trying to get democracy back. And that's how we made the connection. And so it stayed on working with him. And he's also like uh, an environment, you know, climate activist. And they, he had actually been in Neko Island with Richard Branson and gathering that. And they had been talking about it. President Ashid had made a speech about, about how how dependent we are on coral and how we are losing it because of climate change and how dangerous that was for us and for the world. And so they decided to do a coalition of sorts. And then he had come back and come and spoken to me. And and then we decided to, we got refined more into an institute, but we ended up um, doing that last year. We started awesome. our work this year. Awesome. And can you share a little bit about your favorite aspects of the organization? Uh, I like that we get to um, work with a lot of people and with community as well as like the international community as well. And it's a really good time to be working on ocean 
conservation at the moment too. So there's a lot of there's a lot of connections happening. It's really exciting to be doing it at the moment, and and also it's urgently needed. And we're in a crisis situation when it comes to the ocean. And if we lose our reefs here, we're not going to be we're not going to exist because that's what we're built on. And so the urgency is there. Yeah. What are some of the shifts you've seen personally in your country with the environment? Um, I've, major shifts. Um, when I, uh, I first went diving, it was just the year before we had the uh, major global, the first major global coral bleaching event. So it was so alive then. And I mean, I don't think that it has been the same since, but it did recover quite a lot. Um, but other than that, um, there's just been so much destruction from development projects as well. Like Maldives is, you know, a, a tour, ultra luxury tourist destination. So there's a lot of uh, islands get um, developed into resorts, and we, but so just the way that we're spatially like a our geography means that we have so many islands that are dispersed and people want airports on people on the islands and the atolls would want airports and every island will want a harbor and all these things really like destroy the destroy the reef and also the islands like the islands start eroding when you start putting things on them and disrupting the natural flow of the sand like yeah, and, bre- and destroying surf breaks as well. We've seen a lot of changes like that. Have you been a part of any kind of activism against that? In your yeah. Community? Yeah, I mean, this the, I have as well. And the, the surf community here has definitely been um, really active in, in that. And there was, I mean, about 12 surf breaks, at least 12 surf breaks have been destroyed. Some are not even surfable anymore. And I mean, we have some really good uh, waves, so it's such a it's a real shame that this is um, happening. There's um, the Save Our Waves campaign, and we recently did a Save uh, Free Our Waves as well. That was against uh, surf exclusivity because after some of the islands that have break, surf breaks become developed into resorts, what they usually do is they privatize the resort, the the waves. So locals or anyone else can't freely come and surf. And because it's not put into law, they say, oh, yeah, locals can come and surf. But it's never really like that. If you turn up that, you I mean, people have been arrested straight from the straight wow. from the surf like that. Yeah. Wow, that's so bad. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was a big win. Um, the Mother Surf, Com- surf Association and a lot of members of the surf community had been, um, there's an island called Tamburudu in this atoll, in Male Atoll. And it has really two amazing waves, the left and right, and on coming to either side. And Are you sure you want to tell everyone that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and this way, the, they wanted to take this island for, um, uh, to, to build a resort at. And there's no way that island could have been made into a resort without reclamation and destroying the reef anyway. And then they would privatize it. So there was a lot of backlash and a lot of advocacy and a lot. And it actually worked. So a couple of years ago, they, they decided not to do the 
resort. And then just recently, just a few days ago, they have decided to make it a heritage site where people can't, a protected, a protected area, actually. Sorry. Wow. Well, that's really good that it changed into heritage sites. Yeah. It, I mean, we need to do that to all our waves, really. Have you received a lot of backlash when you're up against these resorts trying to build? Yeah, you do. Yeah. I mean, definitely you do get backlash. Um, we, I mean, sometimes the backlash is from, surf, from uh, surfers as well because they're employed by these people. And, mm. uh, you know, I mean, but I think, I don't think that exclusivity has to um, exist for surf tourism to exist. So it's just a, you know, another way of thinking. I think surfing and all our waves should be inclusive and that would be better for overcrowding as well because I mean we have a lot of boat surf charters as well like liverboard boats so they would only be able to go to the to the spots that are open and not privatized too so it will just create it just creates crowded conditions in the open ones I see yeah well it just doesn't make sense from a logical standpoint because you guys are the locals who are from there that country and doesn't make sense it's really bad yeah. anyways well, i hope things keep improving for that yeah, i hope so too i think i mean it's big we're going towards the right direction now how has your relationship to the ocean changed since working as a marine biologist since i started working as a marine biologist yeah i would say that it has changed quite a bit because now there's more i can do about it the marine environment at the moment you think about it and it's like there's so many issues that need to be um addressed and really quickly as well so yeah i think there's more more thinking about conservation and uh, things like that and not just being in the ocean and enjoying it making sure like that you know if you, you feel a responsibility to make sure that you know, these reefs and these waves and everything exist like for the future generations and it has changed in that sense definitely my relationship to the ocean do you teach local women how to surf correct yeah um women and um boys as well like girls and school children mostly awesome yeah so how has empowering other girls in your community shifted your perspective on life um, a lot, I think, and about how, like, a lot about how I see, um, you know, my country and people and all that as well. I mean, it, the girl surfing is really quite new here. I mean, there have been a handful of people girl surfing from a couple of decades ago, but it's always remained a handful. Like, there'll be new new surfers coming in, but I mean, there's not that many still. So this has been like, you know, the reason why the reason that is cited the most for not including women in national competitions. And I mean, this is something that me and a couple of the other girls who surf have been really trying to get going. But they just we're always told that there's just not enough girls to surf. To see that now, the way that surfing has been seen in the past here, when, when I started surfing as well, was, you know, it was not seen as a sport and it was not a respectable thing to be doing. Mm. And, you know, now in the last decade, it's changed a lot. And it's really exciting and inspiring to see how a lot more girls are surfing in the region as well. And like, 
you know, countries in Africa and India and like Sri Lanka and these, you know, there's organizations now that have girls clubs and it's, it's exciting to see. And um, here as well, it's started quite a bit now and now it's they're in the islands. They do send girls as well, a lot of the islands and and sometimes there's only just boys that come to to join the to do, to join the group, but I mean a lot of the time it's fifty fifty, which is you know really really nice to see and nice to see that girls are being allowed to go surfing now and which wouldn't have been done like allowed on the islands definitely you know like a couple of decades ago even a decade ago even I think that now that there'll be more more young girls getting into surfing and then hopefully they'll continue the surfing as well. And then, you know, and then these men making decisions for women surfing won't be able to tell us anymore that there's not enough girls for us to compete. Um, one of the main things I want to see. That's really awesome. And what are, because maybe for people who aren't familiar with your country and the culture, what are some of the barriers that either you or other girls have come up against in the last decade? I know you said it's changed a lot. So maybe kind of what was it like 10 years ago? It was, I mean, if you were a girl and you were going surfing, you'd get ridiculed and you'd get harassed a bit. Like we used to get harassed a bit going to the, going, going to the surf point. And By everyone to... or just surf men who surf? By just people on the road or... And also people, men who surf, yeah. I mean, mm. yeah. That was also that. I mean, but there are a lot of people are really supportive as well. A lot of the surfers that were. I mean, we wouldn't... When back then, there was no way that you could learn how to surf unless there was someone you knew who was a surfer. Whereas now, there's like, you know, there's more surf schools now being established on the islands. And it's just really nice to see. And more girls going surfing, especially. Awesome. What are the things that you think about when you're teaching local girls how to surf in the way that you teach them or kind of what are things that you want them to know? I want them to know that they can go surfing and anytime they want to and they should not be discouraged by anyone saying anything about anything bad about them surfing because it is a sport i mean if you were playing football or anything else it would the government will be supporting it and you know build building the tough uh, fields and all of that it's kind of the equivalent of what they what kind of support they would get are these you know organizations going and teaching them how to surf and then you know giving them surfboards and encouraging them to continue surfing yeah i'd love to see them you know, continue it themselves on the islands and and then, you know, actually have some really good girls efforts who will compete <laughs> with awesome. the boys. Yeah. Awesome. I'm really curious why or are there things people say why they think girls shouldn't surf? Like um, why is surfing bad to them? Thing. I mean, Maldives is a 100% Muslim country as well. So there's mm-hmm. like, but considering that, the, I mean, you do find women in all different, um, doing in different fields, doing different things. I mean, mm-hmm. the opportunities obviously are not equal, but they are better than one might think, but probably better than some other places in the region, like other countries in the region. But I think 
that it's just been seen as a men's sport so much and not even as a sport, but, you know, it's just seen as something that that people who are not being productive are doing. But, you know, yeah. that changed a bit when the the uh, Maldivian surfers started going to uh, to different countries and winning and bringing back, you know, awards to the country. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, that changed a bit. And also there's a lot of, uh, there's women participating um, in these uh, programs. So the, the coaches will, there'll be a few women coaches, which makes the girls more comfortable coming out and the parents more comfortable sending their kids and, Sometimes they'll ask if there will be female teachers before they send their girls as well. So Thank yeah. you for sharing a little bit more about that. And what do you think is the future of women surfing in the Maldives? I think the future of women surfing in Maldives is it's, it's going to be good because the, we have so many good waves and the, what we just didn't have were, was the support for the young kids to start surfing. And the equipment for it and you know, people who are training them and all of that. So now that that has started, uh, there's some, you know, there's some girls who are, you know, who are just naturals when you put them in the, in the surf and they just need that support. So now the surf association, the Maldives Surf Association has also been talking about doing a female surf club. So I think with when things like that, get established more we will probably get some <laughs> get get more ahead in it and they will actually be able to participate in world games and things as well moment it's just male surfers going for these do you have any advice to girls or women who are confronted by people discouraging them to surf things for them to say or do yeah, definitely. Don't listen to them. <laughs> it's the main thing. And just, you know, if you love to surf, just go and surf and don't be discouraged. Support one another. I think that's one of the most important things. Like, it's really sad to see that maybe because there's not many women in in many fields, there's a lot of competition between between each other. And I think it would be, you know, a lot more productive and a lot more beautiful and exciting and better if um, girls supported each other more. Yeah, thank you so much, Aya. I really loved having you on here just as a different voice to have on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for reaching out. Want to learn more about the stories of surfers globally? events and be a part of our community? You can find out more on seetogether.com or our Instagram c.together.mag. Hope to see you next time. Special thanks to Caroline Valk for music and sound design and Maya Fiedelholtz for editing.